girls. I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft. And uh, today we're talking about food trucks. It's the voice of food truck craft today. (laughs) There's a long story and uh, uh, we'll talk about it maybe uh, in a couple weeks on the weekly pint or so. I'll make a call in and... We can we can shed some light behind the scenes of the chaos that uh, uh, that your life has been. Tony, welcome back to the show, Queen City Mobile Food Truck Association. Cheers, cheers. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna sit here. And we're gonna drink some beers and we're gonna talk about them and we're gonna uh, we're gonna have a damn good time doing it. <laughs> Well, what's really cool is this is happening at uh, one o'clock in the afternoon on a That's Thursday. Right. It's, it's normal in my life now. I, uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think my wife realized that when I said I was gonna, you know, go full time working for myself, that it meant I was just gonna start drinking at noon every day. <laughs> Hell, the job. Speaking of that, from the beer fridge. Let's uh, let's dive into something. Uh, we have a couple different beers here, um, so you'll have to tell me what you think of that one since I can't taste it. Uh, Listerman's Hellas Lager. Well, it Hellas, says Hellas, 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 Rauch, depending on how you pronounce pronounce the. Uh, the Germanness, but super smooth. Um, I love that beer. Very light. I found um, I was drinking one the other day, and it was after I had had several other beers, and so my palate was already kind of beat to hell, and the smoke was uh, even kind of less pronounced than it just kind of upped the smoothness side of it. it. Was just a really good beer. I love it. I'm not a huge. Um, I shouldn't say I. I love smoked beers, but there are so many that are just kind of over the over smoked. And yeah. um, see, I'm not getting. A, I'm not really getting the smoked flavor out of this. Um, not myself, but right. I'm pro- I mean, I kind of get it on the back, but it's not. It's not over. That's what that's mean? what I like about it. It's it's yeah. it's still balanced and uh, um, it's a, it's a good. Hellas is kind of a light style as it is. So if you throw too much of something in there. It's going to throw everything out of whack, and you're not going to be able to taste anything anymore. Uh, you'll just get that one thing. Um, yeah. So it's kind of it's hard, in my opinion, it's hard to do something like a smoked Hellas or a smoked Pilsner or something like that. Should so. I do what you do and read the can? Sure. Nearly 200 years ago, as Europe raved over Pilsners, Munich introduced the Hellas, the right sibling to the darker Dunkels, Marsens, and Box. <laughs> in a world yeah. we celebrate this classic brew with a subtle addition of beach malt providing a gentle smoke aroma to this timeless lager it's I, I still don't think i mean uh listerman made kind of some 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 waves a couple of years ago when they announced that they were doing a second location because they said that second location they, they planned for that second location to be a big German beer hall, focus on loggers, that kind of thing. Um, and then that didn't pan out. Obviously, they opened the Trail House instead, which focuses on pizza instead of anything. Um, so, this idea of them having a side of their personality that is very traditional, very lager driven, uh, I think still gets lost now. People um, uh, kind of still miss out that they're doing. A whole bunch of stuff like this that's really good um so don't miss out on that go go and try some of their other things besides the, the no they've always brewed the, good beers yeah they, well i mean uh, they, they they i think the thing that's interesting to me is that the very wide distinct sides of their personality as a brewery i mean you know the the pastry stouts are clearly a big part of what they do the the, the new england's are clearly a big part of it but then they still have this other traditional side that's there too um I'm drinking a brewery that is also kind of very similar to that uh, multi-faceted personality, uh, Streetside. I'm drinking uh, some Midwesty. This is their uh, West Coast IPA. Um, 
not that I don't like New England IPAs, but I'll take a, a, a West Coast, nice, bitter, clear IPA any day over a, uh, a hazy New England. I like the Flintstone font. <laughs> they, um, it's very, uh, um, uh, very like California kind of West Coast. California a tie, a little, just a little tie-dyed VW bus on the cover. I guess technically not VW. No, no trademark infringement here. Um, we'll read the uh, read the can. Uh, the can says um, a tap room, which is the name of a brewery, is what I've learned. Uh, a tap room and street side got together and made an epic homage to talking shit West Coast IPAs of yore and having a good old fashioned brouhaha. Uh, made for a taproom's one-year anniversary to make up for the fact that Garrett didn't think Eric and Xavier would crush the game like they have their first year. Uh, we <laughs> present to you Midwesty, a West Coast IPA brewed with Mosaic and Simcoe, just like the IPAs you know and love. And then in parentheses, D, loved. Because <laughs> there's not enough of these being made anymore. Uh, let me take a big old swig, and I'll tell you how what I think of it. I like the fact that they can just write what they want to write on the can. <laughs> are there any it's restrictions? Delicious. There are. There's, There's a lot of restrictions. Um, uh, especially with like real strange things too. Like you can't, there's certain things you can't say, like you can't say um, like a, the name of a fruit. If you didn't really put that fruit in there, things like that. That um, well, yeah. I mean, that's got to be to the product ingredients. I can't understand. There's that. lots of stuff like that you can't. But I mean, as far as like the description on the can, decency, yeah. You? So like they um, talking shit. They, they they don't say shit. You can't put the word shit on the can. You okay. Have to, you had to. There's a little asterisk in it. Gotcha. Things like that. There's some kind of decency stuff that you can't do. But um, for the most part, there's. Not a ton of restrictions. So it's a twenty-one and over adult beverage, but it's G-rated on the can. Yeah, it's well, it's funny because, um, <laughs> you know, I, and I, I get it, but there's you know, kids can still see the cans. Um, but is that over regulation? There was a uh, going back to Listerman um, years back. They did a uh, Quaff Brothers collaboration. Quaff Brothers was the uh, the kind of gypsy brewery that would just collaborate and use yeah. fun barrels with different breweries around town. They did a uh, a s'mores beer, and the the first batch of that that they used, they did not actually use marshmallows. They used some other kind of uh, substitute for marshmallows. Right. I don't know if it was flavoring or if it was uh, fluff or something like that. Right. But in the picture on the front of the can, it was the picture of a s'more. It was you know the graham cracker, the chocolate, and then the marshmallow. All right. And it got kicked back from um, the because there's from, no from, from the sales there. So you can't show the marshmallow if you don't put a marshmallow in it, which yeah. is ridiculous. You, there's no VW bus in this beer. Yeah, you can put a picture of a VW bus. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, true. The marshmallow that is, is true. That's causing true. some kind of confusion. So they, if you look at the label for the that original one, the uh, the marshmallow in the s'more is like a like a checker pattern. Like it, it's just like this weird right. kind of uh, thing thrown on top of a, a marshmallow, so you can't see that it's a marshmallow, but it's still the same shape. Uh, it was because they couldn't show a white marshmallow, but you can show a checker pattern marshmallow. It's crazy. Yeah, regulation is strange. I just saw Danny Gold the other day post something out there on uh, Facebook. Oh yeah, yeah. About uh, somebody had popped an original beer from. Brothers. Yeah, there's still a few floating around. There's some good stuff out there, yeah. um, but less and less uh, yeah. every day. Every time somebody cracks one open, there are fewer. Yeah, he saw the picture and he's like, "That just reminds me of when I actually used to brew beer." <laughs> <laughs> Thinking now think, he's down on the mic, though. Think about how much 
this world has changed since then. You know, oh if you look God. back to those days where you had Quaff Brothers and you had those Listerman Oktoberfests and those, you know, the small festivals and stuff where it was just these, you know, every brewery showed yeah. up. And I mean, we're talking only, it's only a seven year period. No, it's, that's the thing. It's not that long ago. No, but I but mean, if you look at the world then to well, the Well, look world at your now, podcast, you know, when Mike started all this stuff in this house over yeah. there. I mean, you know, whoever, whatever thought. Well, know? that's... You know, Mike is obviously the uh, the guy I started since Brewcast with. Uh, he passed away uh, a few years back, more than a few years back. It's been um, four now. I think. Uh, yeah, we might be. This might be five. five this five. might be five. Um, Hi, Nance. <laughs> they uh, uh, the the idea of doing a podcast was very different than than it is now. I mean, look at my setup that I've got here in front of us, dude. Let me let me go back. If, let me, let me if, give a little retrovention here. If five years ago. <laughs> I set this. I, when I, I came showed up your, to Mike's house and I, I said, "Mike, yeah." When I came this. out there, I was like, "What the fuck are these?" Guys? <laughs> I was like, "Okay, we can do this." I remember we fired up his grill in the backyard. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's when we were doing the Bruce City stuff, man. And I was like, "Yep, yeah, okay, we're gonna grill him out here." And then we brought him upstairs, and it <laughs> was a foldable picnic table or a foldable plastic table. I remember that, and wires were like everywhere. Oh yeah, and I was like, "How in the hell do you know where all this shit runs to, man?" <laughs> Half the time we didn't. If you go back and listen to some of those episodes, um, but that's what made it fun. And now the, you got all this technology. You just come in with a backpack and you're like, boom, 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 set up in like two minutes. This is this is my smallest <laughs> setup possible with two people. This is as easy as it gets. It uh, we very quickly with it. I think it was like episode. I might have even been like four or five or something was the first time we went to a brewery to record an episode. We went to Dogberry technically for the first one as a kind of a, an experiment. And then we recorded at Listerman a couple episodes after that as the first official kind of right. on location show and uh, hauling all of that crap to get somewhere like we all like we Mike had to bring some stuff. I had to bring some stuff. We right. had all the stuff that would take us, you know, 45 minutes to get everything set up and figured out. And, um, now it's, it, it's a whole different game. It's, uh, it, well, it's, I'm it's sure good. you have learned a lot. And honestly, when you do it from home, I really enjoy that because you've got all your bells and whistles and trinkets. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I still don't know how you got the, uh, the, the text to display, you know, for everything you say without it being misspelled or, you know. Oh, I have to, I have to actually do that. <laughs> do you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, how come Google doesn't have this kind of technology? <laughs> no. Like, no one's got AI. Nobody else has. <laughs> there, there is. So uh, I, I have some software that I use for some of the, the, the YouTube videos and stuff like that that will um, we'll get it pretty close. Yeah. And then you have to go through and correct the stuff that isn't. Uh, uh, right, and it, if I think about it while I'm recording something, it gets in my head because I start talking different, so that the software will recognize what I'm saying better. To, you, have to, you have to be very careful about how you pronounce things. Fudge, <laughs> fudge. Um, but yeah, technology has has changed all this, but in in a good way for you know um, the ability to to start a podcast, to create content, to just have an idea and put it out there um, is easier now than ever before. I mean, this this setup right here, uh, this is, you know, 200. I mean, the headphones are a little expensive because I like nice headphones, but you, I mean, you could easily do uh, for under 500 bucks, have yep. a little portable setup where you can go and record a podcast with people. Well, I remember we, you know, we had the podcast up there in Monroe and we had our shop up there. And now yeah. that we're down here, we got this whole room over there that I'm waiting, you know, till wintertime. And then we're going to go back in the, 
setting up a food trucker um, podcast once again. But, um, yeah, I mean, we bought all stuff, so yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> you, you directed us on everything we needed to get, so now we just got to find the time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, the, the way things, you know, going back and talking about that, that change, that idea of, you know, this industry, how much it's changed. Um, in the last couple of years of podcasting, how much it's changed. How much has the food truck industry changed? <laughs> a ton. You know, I mean, the biggest, I think the biggest thing right now is that brick and mortars are struggling with uh, labor. Yeah. Period. I mean, everybody is. You know, the thing about a food truck is you can operate a food truck and go to where the crowds are at. You don't have to market. You don't have to promote. You have to spend money advertise. You don't have to run coupons or discounts to try and get them in your door. And you're not competing with Joe Schmo right next to you amongst 10 other restaurants like OTR. I don't know how those guys do it, you know. A lot of them don't. A lot of them don't last very long. No. And with the labor issues and the cost of food, and uh, I mean, it's just, it's come to a point, I think, where more and more people are looking at just going mobile because it's a much easier prospect. I mean, you know, your brick and mortar is anywhere from, I don't know, 200,000 all the way to, you know, 1.2 million just to build it out and permits and construction costs and, you know, all that. And then you've got to figure out how you're going to hire, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 people. I mean, it's just crazy. It's also like there's when people walk into a brick and mortar restaurant, they're expecting something new and fresh and different and going to the same restaurant over years and years and years. Is, is is a rare thing to find a restaurant that can yeah. that can that can keep people coming there without renovating and remodeling and changing this and changing out a food truck it's a little bit different <laughs> like you i mean you, you got that menu has to kind of yeah. uh, evolve I mean, a little bit but it does evolve and i think you know with a food truck once it's uh, branded per se and once people try your food if it's good food they're going to follow you. They're going to. I mean, take for example our friends up in Columbus. That's uh, members of the association. They are uh, the Wicked Lobster. They had a copyright infringement on the name Wicked Lobster. So <clears throat> they have so many followers that when got out to the west coast of this food truck called the Wicked Lobster. Right. And there's a restaurant on the west coast called the Wicked Lobster. So they had to, you know, instead of going through a big, huge legal battle, they changed. They recently changed their name just last month. Now it's um, called the Naughty Lobster, and Naughty being short for nautical. So right. it was a good name change for them. They avoided a bunch of legal action, but they have 40,000 followers, you know? It's crazy. Half the restaurants in the city, even some yeah. of the top name brand restaurants in the city, don't have 40,000 followers right. on their Facebook page. And that's, you know, when you put something out there on Facebook, um, granted, half of us hate Facebook, and I'm one of them. I mean, obviously, if it wasn't something that I had to have in this industry, I despise Facebook with a passion. But I'm, I'm so torn on Facebook. I, I, I'm kind of the same way. I don't, I don't enjoy using Facebook that much, but I still get more engagement, more people that are coming from Facebook over to my website or to the podcast or to wherever it may be than anything else. Right. You know, if people are on Instagram... They're staying on Instagram. They're not going somewhere else from Instagram. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll look at your your picture, your video for you know thirty seconds, and then they're moving on to the next thing. Whereas Facebook, they're spending time with it. It's right. it's still a very very important platform. Yeah, I mean it is, and, and that's the only reason that we show people how to use it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and showing the back end, this new Meta Suite that they came out with is actually pretty nice. I yeah. mean, I like the matrix that you can see. You know, because now you know. 
how much time they're spending, where they're going, uh, what their age is, where they're from, yep. what kind of device are they on. I mean, they show you all that information about your visitors, which you, you know, really can't get that kind of. So, yeah, I mean, what they're doing on the MetaSuite side, I enjoy. Um, but as far as, like, the age demographic, the younger demographic, they're not on Facebook. Yeah, no, no, I it's can... TikTok, it's TikTok, it's Snapchat, it's I can Instagram. see very specific. If you look at the, the demographics from each of those platforms for the people that are visiting my accounts, um, you have um, both uh, age and gender. Right? The majority of the people that are... Um, engaging with my content on Instagram are younger and they're they're female. Right. The majority of people that are on you know Facebook are older and they're male. Me. It's, 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 <laughs> but it's I mean and it's not it's not a massive difference, but it is a difference. You can definitely yeah. tell. And um, yeah. uh, TikTok, I don't I don't know if I've, I can get um, uh, demographics like that off of TikTok yet, but um, I, would well, be, I would be really curious to see what it is. <laughs> the thing I hate about social media is that there's always somebody trying to come up with another uh, platform. The next thing, yeah. You know what I mean? And for for a business, you you just can't keep up with all of them. I mean, it, right. it, unless you hire an outside social media director to control all your stuff, you don't have the time to do that stuff. Some of them are easier than others. If, you, if you're creating short-form video content... You can pump it out to Facebook. You can put it on Instagram. You can put it on TikTok. You can do it all with that same piece of content. Right. If you're trying to actually use the, the platform, right. uh, if you're using Twitter, you're only on using Twitter. that content that you just created for Twitter. It doesn't go anywhere else. No. <laughs> you know, no. it's uh, uh, so there's there's some that are easy to kind of repurpose back and forth. Uh, the big debate f that I put out there, I don't think you should be reusing content on multiple platforms. I, we all do it, but. Um, you want to create a reason for people to follow you everywhere. You don't want them to just choose one it's spot. Good point. But it's a good point. It is hard to do if you're if you're trying to be on all these different platforms. Yeah, I mean, we tell people, you know, we we teach people a lot of stuff about the food truck business, and honestly, we just we we say, look, use Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's it. I mean, if you want to go on TikTok, that's up to you. You want to do Snapchat, that's up to you. I yeah. mean, but your big three are the three that are predominant predominant in the marketplace and those are the three you need to have with your business if you don't know how to do those and you don't know how to brand yourself utilizing those channels then you know we show you how to do that right well it's it's like a lot of different parts of running a business there's some people that are uh, really good at one part and really terrible at another um Get the people around you that can can help you out in those those areas if you're yeah. not good at it. <laughs> that's one of the things. I mean, with the, the association that we provide is is that training that that instruction on how to do it, so that you know, for an independent business operator, most of these food truck owners and operators are mom and pops. Yeah, you know, there's two people involved. It's usually husband and wife, or you know, whatever partner or cousins or brothers and sisters, whatever it is. It's it's not any more than two people. And so, you know, they're overwhelmed with sure. everything that they have to do. One, they're coordinating their scheduling, you know, and, and finding places to sell their food. Um, they've got to do all the purchasing of all their food. They have to do all the prep of all their food. I mean, they're basically running a mobile restaurant, and they're running it with two to three people. Right. You know, when you've got a brick and mortar, you have the space, you have the kitchen, and <laughs> until recently, you, you had the employees, you know, to run a full kitchen, and you'd have five or six people doing all this stuff. Right. And so the back end of the brick and mortar is a lot more um, coherent. It, it runs a lot more efficiently. 
but on a food truck, it's you. You're the one. You know, you got to go buy the food. You got to do everything. You got to do all the prep. You got to do the scheduling. You got to do the marketing promotion. You got to do. You got to do it all. Yeah. But at the same cost, you're trading. You know, in a restaurant, you might do you know two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. You know, a month. And in a food truck, you're going to do two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in a year. Right. But you just knocked out probably, you know, 90% of your expense. <laughs> right. So you're getting to keep all that profit or the majority of it, you know. And so I think that's what's more appealing because we have a lot of corporate brands um, that have never been in the food truck business that are actually coming to us and saying, we are interested in setting up for 2023, 2024. You know, what is the process? How do we go about it? What should we do, you know? And so there's a lot of brands that you're going to see come out on the street. I mean, right now you recognize food trucks like Graders, you know, uh, recently came into Cincinnati Swenson's, which I never heard of Swenson's until they joined the association. And I looked them up. And I'm like, damn, you guys been around since the 50s. <laughs> you know? I didn't know they had a truck. They that's do in, now. That, that's interesting. Yeah. They just opened. Remember that old piece of junk building over on Beachmont Avenue, the mm -hmm. Swagger, whatever. Yeah. They knocked that down and built a drive-in drive-through over there. So, and then they added a truck to it. But um, there's more and more of those corporations that are looking at the food trucks as um, not only a branding. Well, way, yeah, I mean it's it, it. It gives people a taste of their food when they're out on the street. It doesn't have to be their full restaurant menu, but they get you know some of the premium. Like I mean, I would give you an example of something that we're building and working on right now, but I can't until. Right. Uh, this is our important right. call. Sorry, we'll, I'll let you talk for we'll, a second. We'll pause. I'm not going to talk about. It. We'll just we'll, we'll I'll go back and I'll fix it. We'll pause. <laughs> this coming weekend, Saturday, uh, Bechtold Park over in Sycamore Township, um, from what 11 p.m. until uh, 10. Is that right? Yep, 11 to 10 um, all day. So we are putting together the first ever uh, street food expo. Um, yeah, we've got uh, 40 trucks coming uh, coming to us from all over the tri-state. So um, a couple trucks uh, I know are venturing down from uh, Cleveland, uh, Columbus. Uh, some are coming up from um, Versailles, Indiana. So I mean, it's also not going to be just those same trucks that you're used to seeing around town, although they'll be there right, uh, right. Um, if you have your favorites. But um, there'll be plenty of different things for you to try. Um right. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we first started thinking about doing this whole, you know, combination event, um, you know, there's food truck rallies. Right. And everybody goes for the food and, you know, the entertainment. There's uh, a competition element uh, involved in some of them. Um, but nobody's ever really put together an industry supportive exposition of those providers that you know well, help the food trucks. For 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 most of the people that are listening to this, they're not going to really care too much about this other side of it. Correct. But this is this is an event put on by uh, the, the 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 food truck association to where. It helps support food trucks. It gives them a place that they can go where everybody's getting together. You've got all of these vendors, all of these people that help right. uh, food trucks thrive. They'll be there talking to the food trucks. And so it's a, it's a much bigger picture kind of thing that, uh, again, the people that listen to my show don't don't necessarily give two shits about that. There. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are people that have food trucks that listen to my show. <laughs> there, there are <laughs> definitely people that uh, I think go to the breweries that enjoy the food trucks that are at the breweries. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and this is kind of a combination of, you know, 
that element. Um, but then we added in the mix of, you know, a kid's family fun zone. We added in, you know, some of the best bands. I mean, hell, we got Naked Karate Girls headlining it Saturday night. So, you know, we kind of put all these different pieces of this thing all together in one event. And then we thought, you know, what a great time it'll be that all of our vendors that do the vehicle wraps or, you know, do the food supply to these, you know, food trucks. And I mean, they go down to Restaurant Depot. They go to Gordon Food Service. They go to they go to all these different places, Jungle Gyms, you know, I mean, you name it. You know, all these different vendors are always supplying these food trucks with things, yeah. and now they're all going to come together in the same spot for the same cause, and that's just to support the overall food truck scene here in Cincinnati, and it's blowing up. I mean, it has been for the past two years. So yeah. I think more even, and more... Even the most casual uh, food truck supporter that, you know, just kind of grabs some food when they're at their favorite local brewery or wherever it may be, um, I think that they can kind of see how things are changing. Again, going yeah. back to that conversation earlier with how just in this past chunk of time, how much these different industries have shifted and changed yeah. and uh, evolved and grown. And um, as, as somebody that's a fan of food, me, you know. <laughs> and beer. <laughs> I, I, but the idea that there are these, these trucks around town that are doing what they're doing is just so much fun to me. Like I, um, not that I don't love, you know, brick and mortar restaurants, but a uh, food truck to me is, is, is the absolute perfect way to enjoy something like that. It takes all the pretentiousness away from the meal. You can hang out, watch live music. You can grab a beer somewhere. You like, it's, it just puts it all together in the perfect kind yeah. of, uh, scenario for me. Yeah. And then we got, a, a um, guy reached out to us a couple months ago and said, um, we have this jumbotron. Uh, would you be interested in having it at your event? And so it's the one that they had up there at the um, um, food park uh, up in Hamilton, in the backyard. And I looked it up, and I looked at it, and I'm like, hell yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know, we got a 25-foot billboard sitting in the middle of the event. We can run ads, you know, yep. uh, for all of our food trucks. We can run the competition. Uh, so there is a competition element to it where we've got multiple judges that will be taking in, you know, all the entrees, uh, appetizers, desserts, and and help determine who's going to be named the best of. There's also like a crowd favorite kind of thing too. So. Yeah, people's choice. So uh, everybody will have access to uh, pick up tokens at the information booth, and then they can actually put it in. You know, go around sampling and put it into uh, whatever truck they find their is their favorite. So, thing about the Backhoe Park situation, which you know we've had 45 <laughs> days of rain, um, and it's a big field. And the issue with that is that we originally had planned on putting all the trucks around the entire circle, you know, right. of the park on the uh, on the walking path. Um, but that field is so sopped right now that we were concerned it's not going to dry in time, you know, to park these massive trucks on the actual. Some of these grass. trucks are big trucks. Yeah, and I'm like, they're you know, you're ten thousand pounds and under for most of them, but you put that on a soggy field and you ain't going anywhere. Right. And so what we did is we reconfigured uh, the layout of the event, so now all the trucks are actually going to be on concrete. But in doing so, we kind of gave up some of our parking. And so what we ended up doing was making arrangements with a couple of the um, uh, high school, uh, Deer Park High School down the street. And so we're just going to run constant shuttle service all day, and uh, people can park at Deer Park High School. And then we've got a couple other churches that surround the park that uh, you can use parking there and just walk across. So. Yeah, there's, there is plenty of parking around. Yeah. yeah. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it <laughs> You'll out. You'll figure yeah. it out. It's, it's, not, it's not like it's a, out in the middle of nowhere where there isn't any parking anywhere. You know, you're, uh, this will uh, be um, 
this will be an easy event to get to, an easy event to find your way around. There really is something for everybody there. Food, uh, drink, uh, entertainment. Like It doesn't matter if you're you're a kid and you just need to go bounce around in a bounce house for an hour, or if you're uh, your mom or dad and you need to you know grab a, some, yeah. a big big plate of food and something to drink. <laughs> like it's, it'll all be there for you. It's, Bring the kids, good event. wear them out in the early afternoon, drop them off back at home, hire somebody to watch them sleep, and then come on back for the music. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the music is going to be awesome. Like it is going to be really, really. It's going to be a good event. Yeah, and that I, band uh, is kicking things off at noon. Uh, one of my favorite bands, local, is uh, Done Before. Uh, I don't know if you've ever. Seen I've them never play. seen them. <laughs> they're really cool. Um, you know, they're um, kind of hillbillyish rock. Um, I want to say, um, I don't know. They, they they have a very unique sound, but they take and put their own spin on all the tunes. You know, right. that everybody's familiar with. And by the time you realize it's that song, you're like, wow, that's different. You know, I've never heard that before. And it's like, it's it's really cool. So I like those guys. Uh, my cousin's band, Brian, um, is going to be playing Final Order, uh, I think, 5 to 7. And then uh, Naked Karate Girl is going to cap off the night. So it's going to be a fun day it's of music. A party. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, man. You know, that's what it's all about. 40. Hope, hope, just hope the weather cools down just a hair. Just a hair, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just got, um, we just got all the tent arrangements made. Um, so there'll be plenty of shaded stuff. And there's also shelters out there, too, that uh, people can grab their food and go in their wanted shelters. So, yeah, we got all the, all the, you know, logistics figured out. So, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> We'll, if, we're going to let you in on any, anything next Monday. If anybody doesn't know <laughs> the chaos that surrounds planning a festival, especially a festival of this size, um, there, there's always going to be some kind of chaos. And there is more than the fair share of chaos with this, which is uh, it will be fun to talk about after it'll we all know that it's all working out the way it's supposed to. But <laughs> it's the first year for a festival. There's always got to be some kind of yeah. chaos that surprises you. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, for this event um, is uh, the first inaugural. And, uh, you know, it's you got to prove it to people in Cincinnati, I think, you know, as far as when it comes to sponsorships and what's the value of, you know, us putting up uh, money if we want to, you know, be a part of it or whatever. In, in my experience, I mean, I've been doing this almost 40 years, so it's, you know, you've got to uh, prove it. And then once you do, it's like, oh, yeah, we saw that crowd last year. We'd love to be a part of it moving forward, right. you know. And so I see this as only growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not, you know, we can handle um, having it at back total in the future with the kind of crowds that we're expecting. Well, I mean, we've seen that with, with other festivals, how they've changed over the years, how they've grown, you know, be it on, on my side, the beer side, you know, Bachfest and things like that and Absolutely. how much they've changed or... Um, even with other uh, festivals, how they've how they've grown and become like a, a part of what people plan their summer around, and I think that this is a uh, a good opportunity to create something that is, to me, done in a uh, uh, a much better way than than some of the other uh, food festivals might be. I um, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm excited for it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I just, you know, if you look at um, when we first opened up registration, we opened it up January 1st, and uh, we put a cutoff date of um, March, April 1st, I think it was. And before we even got to April, we'd already had like, I don't know, 50-something applications. And so, you know, we had to filter out 
all the similar food options or food choices, right. I guess you'd say, because we really didn't want to have multiple things of the same kind. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we have a huge variety of stuff everywhere from, obviously, we've got, you know, one of the best cheesesteaks providers in the city, AJ's. Um, we got Mexican from El Caparel. German from German Corner. We got sweets from Funnel of Love. We got donuts from Charlie Donuts. We've got barbecue from Kentucky Smoked Brisket, uh, Quad Q, steak tips, which are my favorite from Steak It Easy. I mean, we've got salmon from the Surfing Salmon. We got smoothies, tacos, Greek, uh, seafood. Uh, I mean, <laughs> That's a lot of trucks. If you don't come out here and find something to eat, if, then uh, you need to just go sit your butt at McDonald's. If anybody <laughs> wants to see uh, more details about some of the trucks that are going to be there, the music, all that stuff, they can go to the website, uh, Street Food Expo, and that's E, or so that's no E, it's right. XPO.com, streetfoodexpo.com. Um, I'll put the, uh, the link in the show notes. Like I said, it happens this Saturday, uh, June 25th. Uh, from 11 a.m. until 10 p.m., and you should probably hang out all day because that's that's the way we do things. I tell you what. That's the only way for you to try as much food as you really want to. You have to spread it out throughout the day. If you're listening to this and you want to volunteer, here's a few perks for you. <laughs> there we go. One, you get to park on site. Two, you get a volunteer shirt. Three, you get $10 in truck bucks to use at any of the trucks. And you only have to volunteer for four hours. <laughs> and I think it, we have a, a policy of uh, pour one, drink two, or something like that. I forget what that is. I'm sure we can figure something out. <laughs> Non-alcoholic beverages, of course. <laughs> we'll let you know more about that. <laughs> Details to come. Oh, Lord. Speaking of, um, I'm going to crack up another beer. You want another, another beer? Absolutely. Um, is, uh, you, like, you like sours? So... No, I am not a huge fan of sour beer. Okay, but um, I'm willing to investigate and explore. Well, here's here's your two options that I've got in the magic backpack. The magic backpack, I love that. Okay, you can like drink that one? one. Day in the hood. Can I read this one? Sure. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hazy day in the hood. It's a hazy day in the hood. New England IPA. Hazy day in the hood is our collaboration with our bestest friends at Delwood in Mount Lookout Square. Made with mosaic and Nelson Sauvin hops. This crushable New England IPA is absolutely bursting with aromas of blueberry, white wine, and tropical citrus. Hazy day in the hood is best paired with a classic double... Ooh, add bacon, smothered with sour crinkle cup fries. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and that is from Street Side. So and the, the artwork uh, is a, uh, a nod to everybody's uh, favorite Burton children's uh, TV show, Sesame Street. Uh -huh. <laughs> There's Oscar the Grouch on the back of it. That um, Every time I drink one of those, my, uh, my two-year-old gets real excited. Oscar, Oscar beer. Oscar beer. Mm. Um, I'm cracking open a Road to the Jungle sour ale. This is... Um, 50 West and Jungle Gems have been um, doing the series of collaboration beers where they find something in the store and add it into a beer. Up until this most recent one, which I think is debuting Ooh. as of our recording this this week, as of your listening to this, it was it already happened, the uh, Jungle Gems Beer Fest. And it's just a, a New England IPA, I think. I don't think there's anything fun in it. It's just hops. There's no, no Jungle Gems ingredients. <sighs> Which I'm a little disappointed in, but I could be wrong. Maybe there's something else that I didn't read about. But um, this one is uh, the third in the series. This is um, 
brewed with pink glow pineapples and pink strawberries two fruits that are really really goofy uh like it's actual pink have you ever seen one of these no it's i was a, actually going to google it it's right a, now it's a pink pineapple it's uh uh crazy and then the pink strawberries they, they taste like starburst like a starburst candy and uh, that's what this, this beer tastes like of a pink glow pink glow pineapple never heard of it we are currently googling yes pink glow pineapple huh see and this is see it of, exists oh, it is and it's pink inside <laughs> it even looks like a starburst <laughs> oh, damn look at that um huh, learn something new so right that's there. what they they used in this beer and then uh the artwork obviously has the uh uh the monorail that sits in the front of jungle gems eastgate which is the fake jungle gems we all know that fairfield is the better store so i have a question for you since you're on that side of things in the beer world i think there are more and more collaboration projects coming out and i have a twisted um, thought process behind that because i'm not involved in all the collaboration okay. that are going on but i feel like it's being done to try and help obviously sell more beer sure um but I'm wondering what I, I think. I mean, going There's, back as far as I can go back in my memory, I think the first collaboration that really made any kind of an impact was when Braxton did it with Graders. That was one of the biggest, the big collaborations. Correct. You can go further back from that to back to Cincinnati Beer Week when everybody just breweries would just get together. Correct, correct. But I'm talking about like brand Brands. versus brand. You know what I mean? Oh, it's uh, yeah. And it's, now it's like everybody's looking. And then it was what Warped Wing with uh, Esters, you yeah. know. And then and some of these are some of these happen differently than other ones. And I, I'll I'll. I'll start with something like this one with the uh, Jungle Gems and 50 West. The relationship goes back a really long time. When Bobby, uh, owner of 50 West, when he was a kid, he uh, his his dad was friends with Jungle. He spent a lot of time at the store. Mm-hmm. He designed their first website just because he was wanting to right. play around with designing a website and they didn't have one. He ran their newsletter for a long time. I think to the he ran their social media <laughs> just as a kid, just for shits and giggles. Right. So like the the relationship is real. Um, the decision to uh, to work together is a smart one. I mean, there's definitely sure. business decisions there. It's only <laughs> what the highest volume selling uh, grocer in right. Cincinnati. Right. I mean, when it comes to craft beer. Uh, it, it doesn't probably probably wider than that. Um, it, they don't always have that same kind of real story to them. Sometimes it is right, as right. simple as, yeah, we're, we, we're going to have this, this brand on one of our labels because it's a big name here in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, which I don't, I don't care. What I'm surprised is I haven't seen anybody do a collab yet with Procter & Gamble. Uh, but in what way? Like, you can't do Tide Pod New England IPA. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> you got to figure out the right They got to have one, some kind of brand out there that can fit inside of a beer. I mean, hell, they're putting everything else in the beers now. I just like the straight old, you know, American lagers and the uh, IPAs. I mean, some of them, some stouts, of them are, some stouts. of them are just brilliant. I, you know, going back to that Graders one, the black raspberry chip uh, stout, I still think is one of my favorite collaboration beers that's happened in the city. I think it's delicious. Um, I think the um, the Tafts and uh, UDF, the the milkshake IPA, not my style, but I like the collaboration. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea. Um, there's there's been lots of stuff like that. Even the it's been a few years, but uh, March first at the Airheads uh, cider. 
I think a lot of people don't realize that Airheads mm. is a local company. Uh, so it's like a green apple cider with candy. And I don't remember that one. Yeah. So there's there, there's been things that happen that just kind of yeah. work really well. And there's other ones that maybe maybe don't. But I don't know. But do you think that all these collaborations is just a not not necessarily a gimmick, but just a way to try and co-brand and sell more product? Sure. I mean, it's not the only reason. I mean, sometimes it is. So on a different level, aside from company to company, you, you see breweries like the one you're drinking where it's two breweries or that's a brewery and a restaurant right. that, that get together to do it. It's not really going to sell any more beer, but it's because they want to work together. It's they want to, they want to hang out. They want to, um, they want to, they want to, you know, be friends. It's, I think that is real for a lot of places. All right. Um, I, I mean, see, I don't get to see that side because I'm not as in tune with it anymore like we used to be when we were running Brew City. But, you know, I, I can see where, you know, I would love to do a collab with somebody. I mean, you yeah. know, we, we chose, you know, to work with Paradise on this particular event because, you know, we're good friends with them, for one, and they make a really good, right. you know, a really good light beer that will, I think, appease to everybody. We kind of stayed away from the big brand names as far as the Budweiser's, Miller sure. Lights, and that. We didn't want to bring those types of individuals. Would have been a whole lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> and we will follow up with you on next Monday. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, uh, speaking from, from my experience, the collaborations that I have usually been involved with are more of that side of things. You know, I, uh, we're getting ready to do big sis again this year. We're, yep. we're brewing it next month, uh, down at Braxton, Cincinnati. Um, that's a collaboration. That's not, it's not about selling more beer. It's number one. It's a, it's no, a pil- that has a cause behind it. It's a Pilsner beer. It's a, yeah. it's not a style that people, uh, in a large sense, care about that much. Yeah, it's it's a guy that you know. Yeah, a lot of people knew him, but most of the people that drink that beer have no idea who Mike was. Right. Um, and the breweries are just showing up just to hang out and to make a beer. They're not benefiting from that at all. Right. Um, and in fact, I'm going to hit them all up to have them donate stuff so that we can we can raffle some stuff off for charity. So, um, it's there are very different types of collaborations and different reasons that people get together to collaborate yeah you and i've gotten together on a couple of couple of occasions to collaborate on yeah. things. so you know <laughs> i can understand just hanging out i mean hell here it is thursday at our shop and we're doing the podcast that's going to come out on monday and we're having beers in the afternoon and i can tell you what it's a hundred and something degrees outside my guys in the shop are probably pissed <laughs> off at me right now they're like he's just sitting in there drinking beer <laughs> You're working. You're working. Just like I am working, honey. I'm working right now. I'm not. uh, This is not fun. (laughs) The funny. I. I'm going after. uh, Well, not right after this. This evening, I'm recording another podcast. uh, Somebody else's podcast. and as we're going to we're just gonna be sitting around drinking beer. It's going to be the same thing. It's my entire day today is just sitting around drinking beer and talking about beer. And rough life. And he's got a rough life. Yeah. And he just came back from vacation. So, I did. Yeah. Oh, it was good too. Uh, I haven't really talked about vacation on the on the podcast. Yet. No. So I heard oh, you discovered God. a couple of good, uh, or at least one good brewery down there. Yeah, there were a couple. There was there was one really great one. A couple a uh, couple good ones. Yeah. And uh, then maybe. Maybe what was the great one? Uh, Swellza Brewing is, is right. fantastic. Yeah, Absolutely fantastic. It um, makes, uh, I'm working on a video right now that kind of uh, explains this next chapter of my life because, uh, well, I won't, I won't spoil anything, but uh, my life is changing after vacation. I'm, I'm, I'm not really, not really coming back. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're so, not having another gnome, are we? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I am, uh, no, I'm becoming a per- permanent resident of vacation. Um, that's the easiest way that I can put it. But um, uh, in that video, I definitely do tell, inc- do include, tell, do tell. Include a lot of, now. Well, you got to watch the video. I'm including <laughs> a lot of footage of uh, the places that we were drinking. Um, and then also, uh, I'll be drinking some stuff back here at what is my current home. He's going to be the Anthony Bourdain of the beer world. Uh, something like that. <laughs> something like that. in the country. <laughs> um, no, my wife wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> Unless I took him with me, and that's not going to happen. We can build you that, a motorhome. <laughs> that car ride is just miserable with kids. My God. I can't figure out the science behind when you're supposed to leave. Uh, with with small kids, I can't. Do you do you wait and you leave right when they're ready to go to bed? Do you pick them up in just the middle of the night and try to sneak them into the car and then go, or do you like let them try to get really worn out and then leave? Like I can't, I, still, I can't figure it out. It never works, no matter what I try. Well, if if you did it the way my mother did it when she raised me, you'd be thrown in jail today. But that's that's kind of she funny. used to just take white wine and put it in my baby bottle, and I'd <laughs> suck on it, and boom, I was out. I, I mean, she'd put like four ounces in a in a baby bottle, and if I was like crabby or cranky or whatever, I'd be out in like ten minutes. Bam. So last <laughs> last summer, uh, we when we left to go to the beach, we decided we were going to leave. Um, it was like super, super early in the morning. So like one or two or something like it was. So we tried to sneak the kids into the car so that they would still be asleep. That didn't work. They woke up and then they they stayed up (laughs) all night long. I think my, uh, my five-year-old, uh, she was four at the time. I think she finally went to sleep at like 8 AM or something after (laughs) it was terrible. Uh, so then on the way home we're we're gonna, we're gonna trick them this time. We're gonna, Instead of leaving right there, so we're going to check out of the hotel and we're going to go to the beach and we're going to spend all afternoon at the beach. We're going to take them in the sun. Yeah, we're going to be all hot, sweaty, <laughs> tired. Then we're going to throw them in the car and we're going to go and we're just going to drive straight through. And that didn't work. They were just mad. <laughs> just screamed the whole way. So this time on the way down there, um, we left, we tried to keep them up really late. So we're like, all right, we're going to leave at midnight. We're going to, yep. we're going to make them stay awake until midnight and then we're going to leave. Again, they were just mad. They didn't go to sleep in the car. They just they were they excited, mad that they were still awake. So they're crabby the whole way down. That's funny shit because my mother had never told me this until I was like 45. <laughs> Quarter tablet of Valium diced up in four ounces of wine. Because I didn't have to deal with you for 10 hours. <laughs> definitely, definitely don't have, not able to do that anymore. No. It's a different generation. It is a different generation. But I can, I can sympathize with her because, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> back in the 80s, uh, Nobody really cared I how you raised like your I, kids. I, I get like you used to you, get your ass beat all the time with a belt. You know, <laughs> it's like you do something wrong, you got discipline. I just I, I remember as a kid going on vacation, like you you sitting in the car and like yelling was not an option. Like you you oh no you weren't allowed oh, to no, do that because the hand was coming right. By you. Just, Bam! <laughs> my kids, that's just not even that's not even a thing. It's like oh you well, do what I want. My my dad's not gonna do anything. <laughs> Lord, my kids are fine there. That was fine. So I got to tell you this story, okay, because uh, not many people have ever heard this before. But So we're coming home from school, my sister and I, and we used to live on top of this hill um, way out uh, on the border of Ohio and Indiana, and it was a mile-long drive. Gravel. Had to walk uphill both ways. Oh, gotcha. no, no, all that shit. No, <laughs> and this was literal for, literally for us. This, is the, the, this was the case. So the bus would drop us off down at the bottom of the driveway because you couldn't go up the hill. <clears throat> 
and my sister and I, we would walk up the hill. Well, one day she pissed me off on the bus, get off the bus, and I threw a rock at her, and, you know, nonchalantly, I smacked her right between the eyes with it, and it put a nice little cut in her forehead, and we uh, got in trouble for that. So my dad was um, informed of it, and he was working at the time, and I knew that when he came home, he was just going to bust my ass for doing that, right? So <laughs> I go into my room, and my mother told me not to come out till your father gets out. And I was preparing because I knew it was going to hurt like some <laughs> bitch, you know. So I put on, like, five pairs of underwears. <laughs> I put on, like, three or four different long johns. I put on, like, two pairs of jeans. I put, I mean, I, I just buried my butt <laughs> as best I could, right? And I'm sitting there on the edge of my bed. I, can, I felt like an Oompa Loompa, dude. I could, I, I could barely, like, move or anything. And then I'm, I hear my dad pulling in the driveway, and I'm like, oh, shit, here it comes, here it comes. You know, and I got to say I was probably, like, eight maybe nine something like that so i hear downstairs you know the voices they're getting louder you know ah, she's yelling at him my sister oh, she's crying and i'm like okay and then i hear the steps boom 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 here comes dad right he opens the door and he goes so you want to tell me what's going on what the hell happened why'd you hit ultimately you know drop your pants you're getting a weapon so i take the belt off and I start dropping down one pants and two pants and three pants. And my dad starts cracking up laughing. <laughs> he's like, he's standing there. And I can see him smirking at the doorway. And he's like, you know, turning his head back towards the hallway. So I can't see him laughing, but I can tell he's laughing. And all of a sudden, he just bursts out. And he, he goes back downstairs. And he goes, you ain't going to believe what your son just did. <laughs> And I'm standing there thinking, am I still going to get an ass whooping or am I going to get an ass whooping? The sweating sitting yeah. on the bed for the last hour was uh, the punishment. Of so, that. needless to say, I actually never did get an ass whooping. I got grounded for two weeks. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere or do anything, but, you know, I never did get that ass whooping I was expecting. So, it worked. It's a, it's a good lesson. So, if you can make the people around you laugh, you can get away with a lot of shit. Yeah, no, I think the I think nowadays you just gotta you know you gotta let a little discipline in. Hell, we used to get our knuckles busted by the nuns at school. I mean, you know, if you did something wrong in class, right? You do that today, that's you know, it's not happening. You're yeah, not. you have to you have to find different ways to try to kind of discipline your kids, and I I think that's I think that makes it and. and Correct me if I'm wrong, all of you older parents, but I, I think it makes it harder. Like you, you have to figure out a way to discipline your kids. Your kids, you can't hit them without being accused of child you can't, abuse. You can't even <laughs> like you can't even just can't even. I'm a, you, you can't emotionally abuse them. <laughs> you know, like you have to find some place yeah. within all of that. You have to be really careful about how you um, how you discipline kids, and it is very difficult sometimes. You have to be yeah. very conscious of what you're doing and and how you're doing it and um i don't know growing up we had a hell of a we had a hell of a lot of fun when we were kids and if you're in that you know 70s 80s generation you know i mean how we used to go up to miami whitewater park and all of us kids would get on the hood of the car that's the thing like and I, we <laughs> drive through the park and all of us are hanging on the hood of the car you know we're like yeah i, you know. I think back to some of the things that i did as a kid i'm like okay i, I probably deserved to be beat <laughs> <laughs> I needed to be beat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, um, we, yeah, we, we, 
we did a lot of things that were um not allowed to I, do that i today. can't i can't imagine uh my kids or kids that i know these days um, acting the way we did and doing some of the stuff that we did it's 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 crazy and i guess they have their own things that they'll do but well, um, i talk about it now and it's like you know in my mind it was just yesterday but yeah then i look at the actual date and i'm like shit that was 40 years ago i was i was talking about that a couple <laughs> weeks ago shit. we had maybe uh, things have changed <laughs> so one of uh one of my my wife one of her cousins one of their kids uh, graduated this year and so we were on the way to her graduation party and one of the other cousins kids was going to meet us afterwards to go to steinkeller we were going to go and have some beers because she can drink now. So I was like, you start looking mm-hmm. at these, these kids that like in my head are still like kids and they're not. Yeah. And it's confusing like to, to try to process that because I recognize that uh, these people around me are all getting older, but I, like in my head, I'm not right. right. <laughs> like, I'm the same as I always have been. So it's like, how, how is the world around me aging? Young and hard, young and mine. Yeah. <laughs> my wife said, Oh, you got bad news for you. Guess what? You're aging too. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh crap. Young at heart, young at mind, but not young at body. Yeah, I, I see. I haven't hit any of those like major problems yet. Like, like I'm not waking up sore. Like you know, where you where you go to you go to grab a you know you go to grab a beer out of the fridge and you pull a muscle. I'm not I'm not at any of that kind of stuff yet. Well, when you start when you start packing an extra extra roll of toilet paper when you leave the house with you, you'll understand. Yeah, I'm just not there yet. When I hit that point, then I will I will fully admit that I'm aging. But until yeah. then, I'm I'm. You Young forever. Um, I don't yet, by the way. <laughs> never, this is going way too deep. Uh, for, for Christmas one year, uh, my stepdad, uh, the old man, he's he's been on the show a couple times. Anybody that's been a long-term listener, um, he uh, he always gets us just the, the most random Christmas presents. And he got us this little tin one year. It's this real tiny, like, little tin box. And it's emergency underwear. <laughs> emergency it's real tiny. Underwear. And if you open it up, this pair of underwear folds out, and it's a, it's a pair of underwear you can wear. Oh, and, and, and what is this for? And he's like, well, it's Casey Shart. <laughs> what? Shart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That that happens when you get past 50-something. Hasn't happened to me yet. But. Oh, that's, that's the day that I dread. Um, wow, we went down a really weird rabbit hole. <laughs> How did we get here? I don't know. It's only two beers. <laughs> um, so uh, what you guys need to know, uh, Street Food Expo this weekend. Um, yes, please I, come. I please will support probably, your local trucks. I'll, I'll probably talk again about it sometime this week on some kind of a live stream or something just to kind of update on any everything any, that we've been keeping from you. That may happen in the, the next few days, but um, uh, go. Go there. Um I, I promise you'll enjoy yourself, and uh, and there's going to be plenty of things to uh, to eat and drink, and it'll be it'll be nice. It'll be good yep. entertainment, fun for the whole family. Um, come out, come out and enjoy it. Is there anything else you want people to know? Um, you know, as as far as uh, yeah, just stay tuned. We'll have uh, you know an update hopefully by Wednesday or <laughs> Thursday. Hopefully. <laughs> Uh, it's it's been crazy. It's been crazy, um, but it, it's good. It'll be good. I, yeah. I have. I have. Uh, Go to the website. Um, shuttle service information's on there. Hours. Um, you know all the vendors. Everything's on there. People can still enter right now um, online. 
All you got to do is share the event. It's on our Facebook page. You do that, and you're eligible to win truck bucks. Nice. And, and truck bucks are like a like a universal Cash. gift card that yes. you can just go around to use at any truck that you want yep. um, and um, eat for what feels like free. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, each person we select gets $50 in truck bucks. So you that's can nice. That's eat a, from three or four trucks off of that. That's so, nice. Yeah. Be nice. So. Cool. Love you, Noam. Yeah, we'll be back next week uh, talking about more things. I don't, I don't know what yet. <laughs> That's always exciting and always uh, evolving. I just can't keep anything straight anymore in my life. Cheers. Uh, cheers, buddy. Uh, cheers to all of you guys for, for listening and supporting. Go to the gnarlymem.com slash support to actually support monetarily because uh, it helps. Sensi Brewcast. It's the voice of Sensi Craft. <laughs>